Alright guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Beach Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 13th, 2018. On today's episode of the podcast, we welcome in one of our favorites uh, in the world of SEC basketball. I've had him on the podcast before, excited to have him back, and that is uh, ESPN SEC Network analyst Pat Bradley. Uh, enjoyed catching up with Pat, always great to, to have a basketball discussion with him, uh, just someone, as we know, uh, who played the game at Arkansas and just uh, continues to do great work for the SEC Network. So I uh, had a chance to talk with him about a lot of different things around the league, and we tried to cover as much ground as we could in about 20 minutes. Uh, didn't get a chance to get to every team, but but we kind of discussed all the biggest things, the biggest takeaways uh, from the first week in uh, the basketball world. And we talked about uh, him getting a chance to see Alabama on Sunday whenever they beat Appalachian State. Uh, Kyra Lewis, who we've mentioned uh, many times here since the season started based on how he's played thus far, and Pat kind of talked about what he'd seen from them and, and what was the most impressive thing just about his overall skill set. Uh, a couple other you know, young teams like Arkansas, who uh, managed to get a win uh, the other night against UC Davis, uh, he, he mentioned kind of what's going to be the biggest key for them moving forward as they continue to get more experience. Uh, Vanderbilt as well, a team that's relying on a lot of youth, Goes out, gets a huge win at USC. Uh, so we went through and kind of discussed maybe what the outlook is for them with Darius Garland leading the way there. And Simi Shutu as well. Really good freshman class there for the Commodores. Uh, plus, we had to, to talk about the, the favorites. And that is, you know, Kentucky kind of starting the season the way they have with the loss to Duke. Didn't play particularly well against Southern Illinois at times. Uh, so we kind of discussed what the biggest things were there for them and how they're going to be able to continue to get better throughout the year. Uh, Auburn and Tennessee, both off the hot starts after uh, impressing everyone last season, and we kind of expected that from these two teams. Uh, and Pat kind of kind of mentioned you know, the biggest things that, that he's kind of seen from them and how they continue to play with that chip on their shoulder and how they're getting production from not just you know the players that everyone knows, but they're getting production all across the board on those rosters. So it was a fun discussion, as always, with Pat. So without any further ado, here is the conversation with ESPN SEC Network analyst Pat Bradley. All right, guys, welcome back in to the Southeast Hoops podcast. Uh, we're excited to welcome back uh, one of our favorite people in the world of college basketball. Always enjoy catching up with him. And that is ESPN uh, college basketball analyst, also on the SEC Network, of course, Pat Bradley. Pat, uh, thanks for coming back on the show. And uh, I know you are as excited as I am when we see all this uh, great SEC basketball action so far. No question, Blake. I appreciate you having me, man. I, uh, I, I will say... I know most people listening to this probably already know, but to get everything you need and then some, your follow on Twitter, your podcast, everything is top notch. Uh, I go to hit, read and listen to what you have to say to keep me up, uh, keep me up on what's going on in SEC hoops. So I appreciate you, your valuable resource to uh, all of us SEC basketball lovers. Well, and just so everyone knows, I didn't pay you anything to say that, so that was uh, <laughs> that was perfectly free. So um, I know that, like I said, there's been so much going on, you know, on the court. There's just so much action that first week. You just had a lot of crazy things. You had some surprising results, but uh, we can kind of go all over the place. You know, I know you were on Sunday. You were in Tuscaloosa. Got a chance to see Alabama 
against Appalachian State. I know one of the big things everybody's kind of talking about is the play of Kyra Lewis so far. I mean, you've got a 17-year-old kid here uh, who reclassified the 2018 class. I'm not sure exactly what we thought in terms of what his minutes would be right away, but Avery Johnson's just throwing him in and saying, hey, let's see what happens. And what has been kind of the most impressive thing you saw from him? Well, I, I the most impressive thing is how quickly he has jumped right into the transition smooth transition because and I think it has a lot to do with his ability to take what the defense gives him and and if you have that mentality of course you have to have the skill set to be able to knock down a a, a pull-up three coming off of the screen to be able to knock down a catch and shoot three to get to the to the paint with the soft teardrop and then in transition he can put his head down one dribble to the basket for a layup which we saw him make all of those moves. So he's got an easy game, like I said, is is really no weakness. And he is 17, so we're gonna he's going to play like he's 17 years old many times this year. But what you saw when he's at his best is a kid that is, can score at ease, um, doesn't have many weaknesses from an offensive end, but I think he's going to be able to – take advantage of defenses a lot. And the other thing is, see, Colin Sexton was a guy who was going to take it. He, if, if he wanted to go to the basket, defenses weren't going to be able to stop him. Um, and I, I, and I think maybe it affected some of his teammates at times. But with Kyra Lewis, you know, he's, he's going to – if you back off, he's going to take the shot or he's going to attack the basket, draw, kick for a three. So his teammates will be able to feed off him too. And speaking of other young guys, I think another team that's kind of stood out for people, and maybe we kind of lumped Alabama and Vanderbilt kind of in that same mix, saying those are two teams that kind of surprised people this year. But Vanderbilt goes out to, to L.A., gets a huge win over USC. Uh, those freshmen as well. I mean, you look at Darius Garland, Simi Shittu, uh, Aaron Neesmith. That, that young nucleus for Vanderbilt so far has been very impressive. I think they're still probably going to have – you know, they're frustrating times because they're young. Maybe on the defensive floor they're going to they're gonna have some lapses. But uh, what have you liked most just about what you've seen from the Commodores so far? Well, I, I think that's we, – we know Bryce Drew is – he's going to get those guys to play his style of defense. He's going to really – when you get that kind of talent, you know, it, it, it's much different than a coach having to say, okay, every play down the floor, A is going to throw it to B, B is going to throw it to C. I mean, that takes time. Yeah. Now, when you got a guy like Darius Garland out there who you just throw him the ball and say, get us something. Yeah. And, and they've been, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of guy, you know, Colin Sexton was, a few other guys last year and this year. Uh, it just takes a lot of the time now. He, Coach Drew, can focus on certain other things that he can establish. And, and there's only, you know, a matter of time. It, unlim- and there's not unlimited time where you get to really spend and teach and, retain information so that's the advantage of having a guy like garland he's so talented he can create as it comes as he sees it he's so and he's big he can see over the defense i remember he made a pass to oh i I don't know might have been saving lee i forget who it was where it was just under control came off of a high ball screen kept his dribble in his left hand could do one of three things could shoot the jump shot could attack the lane he decided kept his head up through a nice lob to his teammate on the baseline. So when you've got guys like that, you can basically just, here's our set, make something happen. And now, now you can focus on other things on the other end. So yeah, I think Vanderbilt, we didn't know where to put them. Okay. Because they are still freshmen. 
there is a learning curve. And um, we may not know who to put. I know they had a big win, obviously, uh, going out to the West Coast. Uh, but, you know, I'm not so sure they're going to fall into the top five of the league, top six, top seven. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see as, as it moves forward. But it looks bright at this point. Darius Garland is uh, definitely the player advertised. Yeah, and kind of the same theme. You know, we talk about the youth and the unknowns and not really knowing where to put a team, and that's someone you're very familiar with. That's Arkansas, and they're kind of in that similar boat where you're building around Daniel Gafford, who is, you know, likely an NBA lottery pick next year, and you see the way his game's progressing. But you got so many newcomers, and you're kind of trying to find that chemistry with that team. But they had the really tough loss to Texas in a game you feel like they should have won. They just made some mistakes that they were kind of expected, I guess, for a team like that in their first game. But they come back last night, played well against UC Davis. Uh, what have you liked the most just with this group thus far? I think it's a tough team. I mean, you've seen their toughness. They're competitive. Um, I think it's maybe just with them. Is it still kind of that same thing where you're just going to have a learning curve with some of these new guys? Yeah, it, it is. And, and really what they missed from last year, when you – send off two senior guards in, in Macon and Barford who were just not only were a big part of what they did scoring the ball, but just handling the ball up the floor, just getting guys in position. Daniel Gafford was was the beneficiary of having senior guards that attracted a lot of offensive attention. So they could just throw it to him for dunks, stick back dunks. He didn't really have to get creative on the offensive end. So I think that was a challenge was finding who was going to be the lead guard. And Jalen Harris, um, who was set out because of a transfer, I think he's done a good job. He's certainly played a lot of minutes. Um, he's, he's been effective. He's just going to continue to get better. Uh, I think Isaiah Joe, the young scorer, is he's legit. He is legit. And he's about 6'5". He can shoot it. He can put it on the, on the floor and pull up. He can, he can get to the rim at times. He'll understand you know, the speed of the game is so much different he'll understand how to get open, how to get to the basket and score a lot better, how to get to the free throw line. So I think the hogs, they've got athleticism, which many people will say, well, great. Coach Anderson loves to press. He loves to run. But the challenge is you've got to teach those freshmen how to trap, where to trap, how to rotate, when to rotate, because you can, you can't, you know, you can throw some guys that are quick, uh, athletic, long, and say, okay, let's play fastest 40 minutes, 40 minutes of hell basketball. Well, if they don't know how to trap and they def- I mean, the offense continues to split the trap, All basically all you're doing is letting the team have layups on, on the other end, and you're taking out the bottom of the basket. So there's a lot of teaching that has to go on when you play that sort of trapping-style defense. Uh, that, that goes against, you know, that's kind of holding up what Coach Anderson wants to do but I think eventually he's committed to that. So, and you saw a little bit of against Texas, uh, that, that style of defense. So I know he's committed to it, and you'll probably see a lot of that this year. Yeah, and Pat, moving to some of the teams that we kind of feel like we have a much better feel on at this point, and I think, you know, we went into the season, everyone knew Kentucky was kind of going to be picked where they were picked, and they come out, they have the game against Duke, and everyone's just, I mean, you know, a very, very surprising result. I don't think any of us saw a 34-point game coming like that. Uh, just the way that game played out, they bounced back the other night, they get a win over Southern Illinois, but... It wasn't necessarily pretty at times. Uh, they had a lot of sloppy turnovers and just kind of still had some of those lapses that we saw in that Duke game. But 
how did you, I guess, like the response to, to how they came back from that Duke loss? And what is kind of the biggest key going forward for them? Um, <laughs> Kentucky. It seems like it seems like we're always at this time of the year, other than maybe a, a, you know a few times, saying to ourselves, "We know they're going to turn it. This isn't the the Kentucky that we're going to see in March for sure." And it you know very rarely is because Coach Cal does a good job of getting these guys to that chemistry, get on the same page of uh, where they need to be. So when I look at them, though, I first of all, you got guard play southern in, in the Southern Illinois game. You got Quad A Green and quickly to play a lot better. I thought that they did a better job of trying to run the team. Keldon Johnson, to me, is right now the leader of that team, if you can even point to a leader. Because he's straight aggressive. When he get, he's been, you know, even going back to the Duke game, I thought he was the only guy that really was decisive. And I saw a lot of guys who were unsure, catching it, saying, "Well, where do I go with it? What am I supposed to be doing with it? Who's, who, who, who takes the ball from here?" Um, I thought EJ Montgomery played really well, and he's a guy. You know, you look at what he and Nick Richards were able to do on the offensive glass. I think between them, they had like. 20 offensive rebounds. It was just insane. I mean, not 20. That's a little exaggeration. But um, but that's the kind of Kentucky that we've come to uh, be familiar with is they can get it on the offensive glass and score. And, you know, if they can't shoot it, they can score that way. If they if the shot's not falling, well, they can get to the rim and score. Kelvin Johnson can do that. So Reed Travis is a guy that I think everybody – expected a lot more of now. I don't know if that's just some of the younger guys trying to figure out how do I play with Reed Travis? What does he need the ball? Um, so there's still the, the talent is there. We know that the question mark is how quickly can Cal help them understand their roles and then work on the chemistry from that point. Yeah. And two teams that, that really have kind of seemed to just pretty much pick up where they left off last year. And that's the, the regular season co-champions in Auburn and Tennessee. Uh, they both gotten off to really fast starts. I mean, Auburn's win the other night against Washington, very impressive. And you just look <laughs> at the way both of these two yeah. teams are playing right now. Um, th- th- I think the biggest thing that stood out for me is we knew kind of how much they were all bringing back, you know, the production that was coming back, but it just seems like, and this was one of the things people were asking, are they going to have that same type of mentality? Are they going to have that, that chip on their shoulder that both those teams played with last year? It just seems to me they've still got it, and they aren't really showing any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Man, isn't it unbelievable? It's, it's, and that's where both coaches, they live with a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's, right. You know what I mean? You can't, you, can't, you can't brush up against Rick Barnes or Bruce Pearl without without knowing that they're looking for every single advantage 24 hours a day and i know most you know everyone say well isn't that how all coaches are um but like many things in life there's a different degree and you know just just and i know you get a chance to talk with them and and just when i do a game you know there are certain coaches to sit down with and and you just sort of have you know where is your team how's everyone playing and then, you know, those two guys stick out to you because they're always trying to get an angle <laughs> to say, I know Coach Barnes was like, man, look at this video. Look at, look, at, look at how the referee officiated this one particular play. I mean, we've got to make sure that we can get this play. To, I mean, it's just always looking for an angle and uh, keeping you on your toes. I'll tell you what stood out to me. We know the names, right? We know 
Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams. Uh, I thought, you know, Kyle Alexander, you will get to know his name a lot more. Um, we know Jared Harper. We know uh, Bryce Brown. But both of these teams, Auburn and Tennessee, they've been able, well, to have their main group bring along other guys. Doughty for uh, Auburn. I don't know if you saw, you saw this kid puts up. Yeah. Um, finished the uh, last game with 14 points. Out of nowhere, I'm thinking to myself, where do they find these guys just on the bench? Auburn's good, just crazy talent in Tennessee. Um, I, th- I think Kyle Alexander is going to have a big, big, big year. And he may not be the first guy you think of when you, when you uh, think of Tennessee. But I think, you know, you look at Eve Pons, who is a big athlete, just yeah. an athletic. I mean, the kid's a freak. With last year, he was sort of, you know, lost. He was like a baby deer out there. Um, now he's getting great minutes, and, and he's a player that it has been on the bench, wasn't highly recruited, I don't think, coming out of France, and, and now he's going to be able to contribute. So they both teams have gotten better, um, which we knew they were, but it was with the same nucleus. It's just their bench players have risen to the occasion with them. Yeah, they have for sure. And I know we're not going to be able to cover every SEC team, but a couple other teams of discussion here. I think the two that we all expected to really take a big step forward, and so far, uh, you know, only a couple game sample size here, but LSU and Mississippi State both ranked in the top 25. Uh, and they're both just kind of – they're trying to kind of continue to build that chemistry. Um, I've been very impressed with what we've seen from both of them. They're still – you know, there's a lot of good young talent on both teams, but for Mississippi State, now they're a bit more experienced where they've been one of the least experienced teams in the country the past couple mm. of years. But uh, what have you kind of seen from those two? And certainly, you know, for LSU, a big matchup there tonight against Memphis. Yeah, well, we know how good Tremont Waters is with LSU. He is – Arguably the best point guard in the league. It'd be fun. Um, you know, you, you look at maybe – you can look at that for for, for an article someday. Yeah. You get Jared Hopper, Tremont Waters, Darius Garland. Um, you know, you get some guys that really tough, tough point guards in the league. So, Tremont Waters is always going to give his team a chance. I think Naz Reed – I mean, when you see what this kid can do at his size, shooting three the way he can, it's it's it, it's – it's a wonderful combination. Two good, young, talented guys that give uh, Will Wade. I mean, you can see how many points they've scored. They almost hit 100 <laughs> back-to-back yeah, right. games. So, you know, they're going to be able to put up some big-time numbers. And Mississippi State, I was looking at their roster uh, yesterday. I'm doing the game Friday night. It's amazing how you got two seniors on there with Holman and uh, Q Weatherspoon. And the, and the rest of them, you know, you Lamar Peters. Nick Weatherspoon, um, you go on and on, Abdullah Deuce. You've got not only those guys who played a lot of minutes. See, Nick Weatherspoon's a sophomore this year, but he played a lot of minutes last year. I mean, he's like he's been around for a couple of years. So they've got the experience now, and they've been through a lot of these tough, tough games. So my only thing for them is last year and the years before, they've started slow. They've started the game slow and they've started the season slow. So if they can get ahead now um, and, and basically maintain the consistency throughout the season, you're going to see them in the tournament and maybe make a, make a big-time run, uh, which, which you know, I know Coach, uh, uh, Coach Holland has, has been building to a year like this. I mean, he's dealt with a lot. <laughs> you, 
You've seen yeah. some of those games. Oh, he's yeah. Dealt with, he's dealt with a lot to get them to this point right here. Yeah, no doubt. Like I said, that experience, they, they had their, their building blocks too. As Some of these other young teams that we'll see this year are going to kind of run into the same things probably. But they're, they, they had their stumbles, but they finally put it all together. And you mentioned that roster. They've just got – just so many athletes and that size. I mean, they got six eight, six ten, six ten. It's just like that. The size on that roster is incredible too. So Mississippi State will definitely be a fun team to watch. But Pat, uh, we always enjoy the conversation. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time, and I know we'll get a chance to catch up with you again here soon. Blake, you're the man. Keep up the good work, brother. Appreciate you. All right, that was the conversation with ESPN SEC Network analyst Pat Bradley. And uh, I didn't say it before, we kind of joked around, but I really do appreciate past kind words uh, about the site, about the podcast. Uh, he's someone from day one that, that has really uh, given us a lot of support, and we appreciate that uh, because we, we do. We try to give you guys as much as we can uh, in the world of STC basketball, and we try to keep things rolling along. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do, and uh, so we appreciate his support and your support as well. But before we wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast, I want to kind of go off the court for a second. Uh, as most people know, Pat did lose uh, his younger sister recently uh, to brain cancer, and uh, that was, I know it's been a really tough time for his family, and I just wanted to point everyone in the direction. They're, they're still continuing to, uh, you know, put things together. They're, they're trying to put together uh, a foundation and that type of stuff. I know Pat said that they are, they are still progressing on that, and they'll have more information on that as it keeps going, but there are still ways that, that you can help them. Um, if you go to uh, helpsambradley.com, uh, that'll take you to the, the GoFundMe they've had. You know, they've already almost raised $40,000 um, for that, you know, starting that uh, several months ago. And uh, that continues to be there. So if you're someone, you know, who would like to support and learn more about what they're, they're trying to do and, again, how you can donate and what they're, they're kind of trying to, to put together uh, for that, that foundation. And you can also go over to Pat's Twitter. Like I mentioned, he'll, he'll have updates on that and you can, uh, certainly follow him for that at Pat Bradley 22 on Twitter. So, uh, be sure to check that out. If you get a chance, uh, you know, as we all know, you know, dealing with something like that, any help, it, it can make a difference. And so, uh, I know the Bradley family would, uh, greatly appreciate it. So, uh, that'll wrap up uh, this edition of the podcast. Uh, be sure you head over to southeastoops.com. You'll be able to find all of our previews for Tuesday night's action around the SEC. Four games uh, set to take place. Uh, you've got Georgia versus Temple. There's South Carolina, Norfolk State, LSU, and Memphis, and Tennessee and Georgia Tech. All the previews are over there. If you go to southeastoops.com, click on the previews page, you'll find all of those with the predictions as well. Uh, plus, my notebook is up for today with thoughts on Arkansas and, uh, you know, picks for tonight's games. Like I said, we're, we're trying kind of doing some different things, kind of having more fun with it. Uh, so you can find that in today's notebook piece. And be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Go over to iTunes, search for Southeast Hoops. That way, you get all these episodes delivered to you as soon as they go up. A lot more analysts coming on from around the league, and we'll have some coaches on as well as we go throughout the season. So thanks, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.